Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. It really is good to have you with us today, and this is a little bit of a milestone episode because not only is it two days before Christmas 2020, it is December 23rd as I'm recording, this also will be the last episode for this year. That means that we have now been through 23 episodes of Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne, this brand new podcast. I'm so glad that you're a part of it. I hope you've been with me all the way through, and I'm sure glad those podcast episodes are there for anybody that's interested. And I hope this goes on for a good while. I sure would appreciate it if you tell somebody about it and help us go ahead and grow our listenership. Anyway, thanks for being with us as we've gotten this started. I appreciate you accompanying me on the journey, and we'll see where we go from here. This episode, episode number 23, is called A Birth Announcement to Shepherds. Well, I've got a feeling that you already know which shepherds I'm talking about. We'll talk about them a little more in just a little while. First of all, a little bit of an ad. If you're interested in some Christmas gifts, well, at this point, for 2020, you're probably a tad late. But if you're interested in some music of all sorts and maybe a little gift for yourself sometime, may I suggest some of the albums that I have available at curtisshelburne.com, www.curtisshelburne.com. We've got three albums already available there, one that soon will be. We're working on that new one and looking forward to having it out before very long. All that's available there. A lot of free stuff is available there. There's some books and some other things available there. Who knows? Maybe you were blessed with a few shekels for Christmas that you could turn into something you might enjoy, like, say, some music or some books or whatever. In any case, there are lots of things there that you might find interesting, so I'd be honored if you'd visit. When I think back about past Christmases, I always think about some time that we spent with grandparents. Particularly, it seems, we spent an awful lot of time at Robert Lee, Texas, with Grandmother and Granddaddy Key there, my maternal grandparents. I remember another very special Christmas that maybe one day I'll tell you about with my granddad, Shelburne. We called him Big George, my dad's dad, who came and spent a very special Christmas with us at Amarillo, Texas on one special year. That's another story. But a lot of the time during the holidays, we would at least sometime during the holidays go to Robert Lee. Now, we would go by Stanton on the way, or as we were coming back home, Stanton, Texas is where Big George and we called her Nanny, and my step-grandmother lived. It was fun there, too. I always enjoyed going to see them. But we seemed to spend more time at Robert Lee during the holidays, usually. I remember the drive from Amarillo. Back then, we were not all that uh, sophisticated. We were not all that uh, safety conscious. I don't know, pick a phrase or a word to describe it. But those were the days before cars even had, all of them, seat belts. Those were the days before there was any law regarding seat belts. 
And it was a pretty good way to Robert Lee. It was about five hours or so. And so Jim and I learned pretty quickly that if you got up on the back dash, the rear dash there behind the back seat of the family Buick or Oldsmobile or whatever it was, you could lay a blanket out, put a pillow down and crawl up there in that back window on that dash just under the back window. And it was really warm and comfy. It is not a good place to be when you have a car accident, but we never did. We also rode in the back, and this was one of the things that was fun at Granddaddy and Grandmother's house. We rode in the back of Granddaddy Key's pickup. It was a farm pickup that he would use to go out to the ranch, and he had the bars in the back, whatever you call those things, to make a, a cage for whatever animal he was transporting. It would normally be a small calf or sheep. And so those things were back there. We, as grandkids, could open up the gate, crawl in the back, and enjoy a ride out to the ranch in the back of his pickup. They wouldn't let you do that now. But I remember some neat things. Granddaddy had a water, little bucket for water that he kept back there. He had made himself a dipper, like a lot of the cowboys did, using a can, who knows, wolf brand chili beans, something. It was a tin can with wire, baling wire, that he'd used to make a handle. In that bucket of water, he would put some ice and whatever. It was a, a metal bucket that was lined with some kind of styrofoam or something. But anyway, he would put ice in that, and that cold water was great out of that bucket. So we enjoyed that, but most of all, we enjoyed sitting in the back of the pickup while we were driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour. That probably would be at least discouraged, if not some sort of felony these days. But we survived, and we had a good time. I remember... One of the pictures that came from those days was taken back at the house in Robert Lee on what was then the outskirts of Robert Lee. Granddaddy had some pens around the house where he could bring in a few cattle or sheep or whatever he needed to. He trucked cattle for a lot of people in that area. In fact, I was amazed a couple of years ago, I was singing for a banquet at the Lubbock Ladies Club, having a really good time singing for those folks. And at the end of the performance, I guess I'd said something during the performance about Robert Lee and Granddaddy or whatever. And uh, an elderly lady came up and she said, are you D.P. Key's grandson? And I said, yes. And she said, well, we knew him. Our family contracted with him to haul our cattle from the Robert Lee area to Fort Worth. He had the only cattle truck in Coke County and he hauled cattle for us. And it was great to hear her talk about him. She had fond memories of him and really thought the world of Granddaddy. And I really enjoyed that. What a blessing that was and totally unexpected. Anyway, Granddaddy had the pens there around the house there at Robert Lee, and he used those to keep some cattle or whatever or sheep. One of the pictures that I remember from my childhood was taken with me, with my little brother, two years younger, Jim, wearing some red coats with hoods. I still remember that coat. I liked that coat. And we were holding little lambs. Granddaddy had some sheep and some lambs there in the pen that day, that week, whatever. And someone had taken a picture of us. Granddaddy had taken the little lambs, two little lambs, and put them in our laps. And we were holding those little lambs. And we were wearing those red coats. I don't know if it was Christmas, but it sure had a Christmas kind of look about it. Maybe, again, it was just the red coats, but I think about that. I think about going to Robert Lee during the holidays. I think about seeing Granddaddy and Grandmother and being with them and all the good times that we had during those particularly special times. Little lambs, two little guys in red riding hood kind of coats, 
and two little lambs. I don't know if Granddaddy thought of himself as a shepherd or not. He sure raised lots of sheep, so I guess he did. I do know that he never received a birth announcement, exactly like the birth announcement that some shepherds got a long time before my granddaddy raised sheep and trucked them there from Robert Lee, Texas. And so let's talk about that in just a moment. May I just say before we do, I wish you and yours the best Christmas of all. I pray that it's very merry. I pray that it's a blessed time. I pray that it's a time when you and yours are able to thank God for all of the amazing gifts that he's given. I know it's been a tough year. It's been a really difficult year in so many ways, and that doesn't even count the normal difficulties and sorrows and sicknesses and all of the things that families and individuals just have to go through every year. That's part of life. But for all of us, it's been a particularly tough year this year. And yet I hope you're already in your mind realizing that there's some very good things that happened this year. There's some good things that came out of some of this bad stuff. There are some things that we have remembered are important, that we'd almost forgotten were important. There's some good close ties that, although it's been hard not to be able to be with some of the folks that we love the most as much as we would like to, well, those close ties mean even more to us now. We realize how precious they are. Time with our families. I know some of that time was pretty tough when it's a mandate to pretty much be home, and yet we needed to be home more, a lot of us. I hope your business is okay. I hope that you've done well during this time, even in spite of all the difficulty. I know a lot of people haven't. I hope that you haven't lost loved ones to the virus or you yourself been very sick or maybe are now. I hope not. I know it's been a hard time in many ways, but it's also really good for us at times to stop and to think and maybe make a list even of some of the really good things that have happened to us. And I can think of some particular blessings this year that really have nothing to do with the fact that we're involved in a pandemic. Just some especially good blessings, some wonderful things that happened this year that warm my heart. So I'm trying to remind myself, although it's been a tough year and not one that we'd care to repeat in a lot of areas and a lot of ways, there have also been some very good things. And I hope those things can come to mind pretty quickly for you too. Anyway, I hope you have a great Christmas, and I do wish you a Merry Christmas and a very happy and blessed and a really good, let's hope and let's pray, 2021. And now, let's focus on faith. there's where you start singing Silent Night. The music I'm playing today for our podcast is music that we recorded in North Carolina for my Christmas album. And this is a beautiful version of Silent Night. So if you want to hear more of it, well, I don't mean to be too commercial, but there is the website where that's available. Again, Merry Christmas to you. This Christmas, I find myself wondering yet again, about those Bethlehem shepherds. You knew those were the guys I was going to talk about, didn't you? It's possible, of course, that the Almighty chose these particular sheep herders as recipients of the angelic birth announcement of his son 
because they were a sheep-shearing cut above the other sheep guys in the region. Maybe they were better dressed than most, draped in new camo robes ordered from Zimfella's catalog, complete with Velcro-secured mesh pockets for their ZX-7 night vision sheep-finding goggles. Perhaps they were unusually prosperous shepherds, the sort who could afford a clean robe-a-day laundry service. Hence, if you were downwind and one was headed your way, your first clue would be visual or auditory, never olfactory. Maybe, before entering any respectable domicile following their shepherd's shift, they were careful to switch from their field sandals to high-dollar Habakkuk stock footwear, lest they track in something. It's even possible, I suppose, that the Lord God chose these particular fellows because they were unusually educated and articulate. Perhaps a couple or three of them were actually Aramaic majors who'd had a hard time finding lucrative employment after college. But at class reunions, even though they were less well-sandaled than their business major classmates, could take solace in the fact that they understood more about the meaning of life. Or maybe the Creator chose them because they were, against all stereotypes, remarkably religious sheepherders. Sure, their work made it hard for them to attend worship services in town, but they never failed to hold regular devotionals during each of their shepherd shifts. Granted, it had been a bit more complicated since zealous young Zebulun on vacation a couple of months ago had wandered into a trendy mega-synagogue in Jerusalem. Now they were holding two devotionals an evening, one traditional and the other contemporary. I suppose all of that is possible, but if you're selling it, which is unlikely, I'm probably not buying. What I really think is that our Father, who brazenly, scandalously, seems to prefer ordinary folks over the boring and tedious, plastic and airbrushed, hang your own halo, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, super-spiritual crowd, Have you noticed that the super-spiritual folks are always religiously first at the scene of any crucifixion? Maybe our Father chose these guys to be first at the scene of His Son's birth precisely because they were, wait for it, ordinary. I have no beef with these shepherds. Far from criticizing our Father's choice, I find it laugh-out-loud delightful. The heavens were torn open. The angel announced, the heavenly hosts sang, to an audience of guys who smelled conspicuously like the south ends of north-facing sheep, to gents whose manners and language were far from genteel, who were quite capable of describing recalcitrant sheep in colorful terms, and who'd heretofore been most likely to find angels only at the bottom of a wineskin. For that Bethlehem birth announcement, God chose shepherds. Ordinary folks, like us, can you imagine anything more extraordinary? Silent night, holy night. We thank God for that amazing night and for that wonderful announcement 
Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, sure would appreciate you telling some friends about it. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great day.